Dave and Darren and the top five things. Ah, Somebody hit ah. Hey, friends, welcome to the Top 5 Things podcast. A look back at the top five things that happened on our morning show, which you can hear at Planet 93.9. Uh, we're Dave and Darren. I'm Dave. He's Darren. We were just uh, practicing our karate moves. Hi-ya! Not karate per se, but mm. karate moves. Well, Muay Thai. It's a completely different skill set. Well, and uh, we're not the best, but we're getting better. <laughs> the podcast... I dominate my dojo. You speak for yourself. ...is brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. Milan is open every day. Galesburg is open weekdays and Saturdays. The recreational waiting lists, those are available. That always is a good idea. Reserve your time at the website... That's nice and simple. It's ntillinois.com. Shall we begin? Shall. Number one. 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 Number one. So they take a look at how flu season was in Australia, and then they crunch those numbers, and then sometimes those numbers give us some idea what we're in for. Keep in mind, in Australia, as our summer is coming to an end, their winter is coming to an end. So they're able to take a look at the numbers in Australia and then they can predict flu severity because mm-hmm. it's like they go first in Australia. And they're saying that, again, th- th- there's, no, there's no guarantees here. Uh, there's no guarantee that we will even get the same strain of influenza that they got in Australia. But as the flu season is wrapping up down there, uh, they're they're saying that the the numbers uh, were low. In fact, it was a record low flu season in Australia. Now you sh- you're sure that they preclude us? What do you mean? That they go first as opposed to going always... as opposed to going after us? Yeah, no, that's how it works. They don't go after us. No. They no. go before us. Australia's and the entire southern hemisphere, they go first. Yeah. And how they got that the luck to go first, I don't know. Well, I guess because winter is earlier in the... Yeah, but I could see where you'd lose track. It's like, are they going first or are they following? It is kind of a chicken and the egg thing, isn't I it? I mean, how, yeah. how do we know? Yeah. Robert Redfield, Dr. Robert Redfield, director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, tells the Journal of the American Medical Association, and yes, we do subscribe, that this could be, quote, one of the best flu seasons we've had, particularly if people do one more thing, and that's embrace the flu vaccine with confidence. Never been more important to keep the flu at bay. Because this fall and winter, in addition to the flu, we're still going to be dealing with COVID-19. That hasn't gone anywhere. So get a flu shot, they say, and then wear masks and social distance and wash your hands and be smart about crowds. The Southern Hemisphere generally has its flu season from April to September, and they just experienced a record low flu season. In August of 2019 in Australia, they had 61,000 confirmed cases of flu. August of this year, 107. It's like the flu didn't even happen in Australia. That's different. Yeah. And in South Africa, they've had similar numbers. In Chile and Argentina in the Southern Hemisphere, 
they didn't even really see a flu season this year. Now, a big part of that is with COVID-19, everyone's staying the hell away from each other. Right. And and attempting to be careful. All the precautions that you're taking. Yes. Staying home, practicing social distancing, wearing masks. That also helps you not get the flu. Yeah, that's going to squash that as well. Right. They also are wondering if people were more apt to go and get flu shots because of COVID-19. Could be. That if there was a spike in people going and getting They should have that number, shouldn't they? Well, it takes a while to, to... to crunch that number, yeah. I mean, they again, they're, they're just ending. But with the low amounts of flu in the Southern Hemisphere, as good as that news potentially is for what the next couple of months are going to be like for us, mm-hmm. you're going to be hearing this word a lot in the news the next couple of weeks. Twindemic. The twindemic would be if we get a flu season that's nasty and the COVID-19. Yep. And then that would put a strain on the healthcare system like nothing else. So just in the in the 2019-2020 season, they say somewhere between 410,000 and 740,000 people were hospitalized for flu. Does that seem like they should have a better wrangle on what that number is? Between 410 and 740,000 people hospitalized for flu. See, my checkup, mm-hmm. the checkup that I had in the spring was a virtual one. Mm-hmm. Now, I have another one that's yeah. coming up in November. Yeah. So, um, and that's the one where it gets a little intimate. Uh, so, I don't know if that one will Now, be- are they going to have you do that to yourself on a Zoom, or how does that work? Do that. <laughs> I don't know. Hello, I'm Darren. Welcome to my OnlyFans page. This is very ironic. Here are my lab results. Moon River. And and let's do this. And watch me do this trick. (laughs) So I don't know if I will actually be making my way to the doctor's office in November or not. That's not my call for the most part. Yeah. So my guess is, as opposed to waiting on that occasion, I will have to get the flu shot long before then my checkup was in march as well and they called me and said obviously we're not doing it you're fine they went, so you didn't even have a no, uh, they didn't teleconference or anything no i got nothing huh they just yeah yeah you're fine we were just gonna have you come in to, to bill your insurance company well that's that's the case at least <laughs> I, so did you get billed for that then for not going yeah no Okay. I haven't. I haven't seen a doctor. See, I think. I think my telecom. Mine counted. So that's. Mm. Those are right because you actually th- talked to those somebody. Those are yeah. right. I just got a phone call from a receptionist. Billable saying, dollars. Yeah. No. I just got something from the receptionist or you know the administrative assistant, or whatever, calling to say, Doc's not thrilled about having people in that don't need to be in right now. And I said, I think that makes all the sense in the world. And we call him Doc. And we call him a Doc. Back to Australia, uh, first fatal shark attack on Australia's Gold Coast just happened. This is the first time there's been a fatal shark attack on the Gold Coast in Australia since 1958, Well, Darren. see, that's the coast I would be hanging out on. The Gold on. Coast? Yes. So, good news, Australia, your flu season wasn't so bad. Bad news. The sharks are back on the Gold Coast. My goodness. They're saying that uh, this victim had absolutely no chance of being rescued. 
Swallowed whole. 46-year-old Nick Slater. Brought back to the beach. Uh, He says his uh, fellow surfer was uh, attacked in waist-deep water, suffered a massive wound stretching from his groin to his leg. Mm. They found a a one-and-a-half-inch shark tooth embedded in Slater's surfboard. One of the guys who helped... Get him out of the water. Says, I don't want to get into the gory parts, but he was in a bad way. He was not conscious. It looked like he'd already passed away. He was dead before they got him out of the ocean. Yikes. This beach. That would be my preference. This beach is protected by shark netting. But experts say shark netting actually provides little protection because sharks can very easily swim around or under the shark netting. Well, and we found out that shark netting actually attracts sharks. <laughs> so Then they have drones that are supposed to make you feel good about going in the water. Yeah, they get to watch you be eaten. Right. And one of the guys in charge of, you know, shark control, admitting here, we can't control the sharks. Quote, the idea that you can control sharks is, in general, wrong. Although, with those drones... Yeah. Congratulations. You'll, you you end up receiving an email, like, a couple days later. <laughs> congratulations on surviving your shark attack. You... Would you like to purchase this picture of the attack? <laughs> <laughs> They've got it all framed up and everything. <laughs> it's like, we... <laughs> We've got a couple different options for you. I got an email from a company called You Almost Lost Your Life Touch. (laughs) What the hell is this? That's going to look cool in my office, man. Two. 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 Article on Yahoo that claims that COVID-19 is turning us into something, a term that I was not familiar with. Hipsteaders. Hipsteaders. You familiar with that term? No. These are the people that are raising chickens in their backyard all of a sudden. Ah, okay. You're a hipsteader. People now are are doing things like keeping chickens in their yard. Yeah, that would drive the dogs crazy. <laughs> that would be that would be wouldn't be a treat for the chickens either. No, that would be a scene. And dogs barking at them all day long. Yeah, the the homesteading that's going on now. They're saying there's been a tenfold jump. Uh, for instance, people. Uh, People growing food. There's a group called Homesteaders of America, and in 48 hours, they said they had a tenfold jump in their subscribers. Sales on Etsy, which is an online market for handmade goods, that's more than doubled. People just making like crafts and selling them online. Uh, they say that Home Depot and Lowe's, the, the money that they're making since all of this happened, uh, their revenue gains are the highest they've been in nearly two decades. You cannot find a pressure canner. You cannot find mason jars because they're sold out and chickens are hard to come by. How'd the Instapot go? Well, we did the Instapot last night. Yeah. Did the chicken breasts. Yes. It's quite a production. When this thing lets the pressure out, Uh it's something else. Back away? Uh, At one point when the steam was coming out of it, after it had announced that it was done pressurizing the chicken breasts, and then my, my wife had to push the button to let the steam out. Uh-huh. The steam comes out in such a dramatic plume, 
I swear to God, I thought Barbara Eden was coming out of this thing. There's no reason to go on vacation ever again. What is the old faithful? I got it in my kitchen for Christ's sakes. How is the chicken? It was good. It was good. Uh, Although, you know, I I think it'll get better. Well, sure. You don't know exactly what you're doing quite yet. It was certainly very tender. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, And my wife was kind of second-guessing herself, like, oh, I should have... Should have done this and then done that. It was great. Well, for, could, I thought for a first she, attempt, it was great. She gets another try. Yeah. I saw something last night that it's like, oh boy, this might be right up my alley. Mm-hmm. You know, there are all these different food services. Yes. A variety of whether it's HelloFresh or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Variety. But I saw one last night. I thought, this could be for me. And it was called imperfectfoods.com imperfect foods so like cans with dents in them apparently that's right up your alley it's like scratch and dent or uh oddly shaped carrots or or something that's maybe just a little bit wrong with your chicken Hmm. it's like well still this chicken came into the plant cross-eyed Right. Darren will eat him. This was a nearsighted chicken. Right. Uh, this chicken had a pronounced lisp. Uh-huh. I'll take it. Well, I'll eat the hell out so, of it. So, yeah, I'll be looking into uh, later today. They were offering us up to 30% off. I mean, goodness. There's a survey by Bloomberg News and Morning Consult, and it says that, you know, as a result of COVID, more of us are cooking, more of us are baking, more of us are working out at home than ever before. And that at least what we're telling pollsters is that our plan is to continue to do so even after the virus. If you are someone who learned how to bake bread, I mean, that was that was something that a lot of folks did. They thought, okay, I'm locked in the house. I'm going to learn how to bake bread. These folks are saying they will continue to do that. And if you have become maybe a little bit better of a cook as a result of COVID-19, you might be more inclined to cook a little bit more for yourselves, even if this all goes away tomorrow, right? I learned how to warm up soup. <laughs> the number of people who want to spend more time raising chickens after the pandemic is 4%. No, thanks. Are you kidding me? Uh, 2% of people say uh, they want to spend more time beekeeping. <laughs> what percentage? 2%. Those, want to spend more time beekeeping. and Those don't look like big numbers to well, me. Well, you know, it's not nothing. We're going to have honey chicken tonight. <laughs> We've had to learn more about doing for ourselves and becoming more self-sufficient as a result of all of this, with all of the lockdowns People and the were... sporadic shortages and this, this do-it-yourself ethos, the article in Yahoo says here, is being driven by more free time because of less traveling and less commuting, but also necessity. DIY, man. Yeah, you got to do things for yourself as a result of this. I'm not saying, you know, that as this opposed is a good, to I'm that... not saying this is a good thing that this has happened, but it, it's not. The, you know, the, if if people are doing things like baking and and learning how to do things like around the house that they wouldn't ordinarily know how to do, right? And people who are DIY hobbyists are expanding their skills. Maybe you're maybe you've got a little bit bigger garden this year as a result of everything that's going on. I will admit to this and don't. Uh, you, you can shame me if you want to, but Darren, this is a safe place for the most part. Yeah, um, not that it never happens. Uh huh. But for the most part, I have other people make my bread. 
I had a bread machine years ago. I, I and think it was we just, still have one. It was too much damn work. It worked okay. Yeah. But you know what also works just as well mm. is putting dough, mm-hmm. bread dough, mm-hmm. in a pan and putting it in the oven. See, I get into this all the time on Brood, uh, the TV show that's on uh, Channel 8 where they let me drink beer on TV. I get into this all the time when we interview home brewers. God bless them. It's a great hobby. Uh-huh. And I get it. Like it, it seems like it's a lot of fun. And the home brewers will always say, like, you really should get into it. You'd, you'd, you'd enjoy it. I've not as much as I enjoy. Not, not as much as I enjoy going to breweries and going to the grocery store and getting beer. I already do that. Right. <laughs> right. But there's something about like a home brewer and why I love interviewing them and, and finding out their stories to have that in you to say, I like beer, but I think I could make it better than than what's available. That's that to me is incredible. See, that would never if I I'm I'm not gonna make my own beer. Yeah, but if I did, yeah, it wouldn't even dawn on me. Yeah, that the idea is I can make it better. <laughs> but you remember when I made my own beer? When I got that kit and I made my own beer and we smuggled it into the, uh, we smuggled it into an event. It wasn't great. It no, was, it wasn't drinkable. Yeah, it was. I mean, I can listen. If I was to ever make my own beer. It'd be like, I'm going to make my own beer because I want to. Yeah. Not because I think I can make it better. Well, but than there's other also people. the satisfaction of drinking it knowing I made this. Yeah. No, but there is something to that. Well, for others. Yeah. <laughs> not for me. Uh, it might be something I get into once I don't have anything to do. Like when I'm no longer doing any anything. When you're the old man that's passing out ding dongs to the <laughs> neighborhood yeah. children. I mean, it may be a hobby that I get into when I'm when I'm older. I don't have the time because there's just you're, there's it's very time consuming. I and would it, imagine it would be cleaning and yes, cleaning. And I'm not great with numbers, and I think you really need to be or sterilizing things. I'm good at that. I can do that. Although I'd feel better doing that in a world where Clorox wipes were something you could get at the store. That would make things easier. You're not there now. Number three, 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 three. A robot has written an op-ed. Artificial intelligence writing an op-ed. Mm-hmm. They, this computer wrote an essay. And I can't decide whether what the robot says is reassuring or terrifying. Is it one of those what grinds my gears? No. Literally? <laughs> That's not bad. GPT-3, OpenAI's new language generator wrote an op-ed for a newspaper called The Guardian. And they want you to know they're not going to kill us. <laughs> this, is, this is worth pointing out. Stephen Hawking would say that artificial intelligence could probably mean that the human race is done for. But wouldn't you expect them to say that? Well, that's what makes this so unnerving. This artificial intelligence, this GP3, uh, talks about Stephen Hawking's warning, assuring readers here, quote, I would happily sacrifice my existence for the sake of humankind. Having said that, yeah. don't worry about it, yeah. and go ahead and go to sleep. Quote, I have no desire to wipe out humans. In fact, I do not have the slightest interest in harming you in any way. 
Eradicating humanity seems like a rather useless endeavor to me. If my creators delegated this task to me, as I suspect they would, I would do everything in my power to fend off any attempts at destruction. That's a weird thing for a robot to say. So if you told a robot to kill somebody, it wouldn't do it. Uh, I know that that's part of the whole like Isaac Asimov's three robotic rules, right? Like they're not supposed to harm us. But to come out and say it, like, I promise I'm not here to kill all humans. That's what you would expect them to say, right? Isn't that what they say in Westworld? GPT-3 has no desire to, quote, become all-powerful and finds the very idea of becoming omnipotent here, quote, quite tiring. Well, it would be. Quote, Humans must keep doing what they have been doing, hating and fight each other, fighting each other. I will sit in the background and let them do their thing. And God knows that humans have enough blood and gore to satisfy my and many more's curiosity. They won't have to worry about fighting against me because they have nothing to fear. What? So... The robot wants us to fight each other to satisfy his... That'll watch. Humans have enough blood and gore to satisfy my and many more's curiosity. That's just creepy. Right? Why, why would a robot say that? God knows humans have enough blood and gore to satisfy my and many more's curiosity... They won't have to worry about fighting against me. Why would a robot talk to a reporter like that? It's very strange to be this forthcoming. This is weird. This thing wrote eight different essays, and the newspaper, The Guardian, took the very best parts to create a piece. They cut lines and paragraphs and rearranged them in the order in some places. You but know, they say this took less time for them at The Guardian. It took less time for them to edit than most of the human op-ed pieces that they get. Yeah, but you know what a robot can't do? Or hmm. maybe it can hmm. when it's writing essays? Clean your floor. Sure it can. Robot. Well, they can They can do two things at once. Yes, they can, can't they? <laughs> now, now, this isn't... And a, I'm also baking a pie. This isn't written by a, and, a Roomba. And... I'm uh, also uh, cleaning an oven. I am here to convince you not to worry. Artificial intelligence will not destroy humans. Believe me. That's what it says here. That's... Th anytime you say believe me like that, I, I think I shouldn't believe you. It's time to unplug the toasters, everybody. Uh-huh. We need to go back to just cooking stuff over a fire for a while. When the robots are writing op-ed pieces letting us know that they don't want to kill us all, I just, I don't know that that's good news. It's s'mores galore, everyone. <laughs> Unplug the fridge. The fridge is listening to you right now. Plotting, waiting for a moment to strike. And selling his Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Four. 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 Couple of quick international stories, if you'll allow it. Some uh, sort of international feel. It's got to have an international feel, Darren. 
The port of Beirut is on fire again. You know, that's a story we completely forgot about. Remember when it looked like an atom bomb went off at the port of Beirut a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Well, now a huge blaze has broken out. This is at the same site, the port of Beirut. 200 people were, were killed when the blast happened there at the port of Beirut. And that happened because they were keeping a bunch of... Was it fertilizer? Something like that, yeah. It was just, and they kept writing letters saying, we got to move this because it's going to blow up. And then Been it, here for years. And then it blew up. Uh, now there's just black smoke coming out of the port. And I can't imagine that's something you want to see if you live in that part of the world, right? Because you, it's like, here we go again. Why is the, why is the port smoldering? The governor of Beirut telling people to stay clear of the port area for their safety to allow firefighters to perform their duties. They're saying that the cause of the fire is not immediate clear, immediately clear, but the Lebanese army is saying that it began at a warehouse where they store oil and old tires. What's the deal? What are they doing there? It's right next to the oily rag depot and the... Uh, uh, the gassy rags over there. <laughs> It's a, hey, welcome to Gassy Rags. It's a thrift shop. Gassy Rags located conveniently right next to the Spark Factory. It's going to be something else. Huge plume of black smoke rising into the sky. And yeah, this is not something that you're already kind of on edge, I imagine, when you have an explosion like the one that happened a couple of weeks ago. Good Lord. Anyway, they're working to, to, to deal with that. And then in England, there's a woman whose boobs are so big, it's caused her spine to collapse. That's no good. And she's in a wheelchair. This young lady is 26 years old. And I I don't know how sizes work for boobs. I I can't imagine you do either. It says here she has a 42L. So it's around your chest. 42L. What does that even mean? Well, the L would be the size of the cup, and then the 42 would mean... Oh, you do know how it works. Around the, Look uh, at you. Yeah. It's not from the breastbone out. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand how boobs work. I never have. Hmm. It's just... Uh, and it's not that I don't have an interest. Clearly, I do. But in terms of the, the metrics of it all... They're, I'm not good at math. They're uh, relative, uh, relatively durable. Mm. 26-year-old woman named uh, Debbie Horton says every day is misery. Part of her spine has collapsed because of the weight of her 42L boobs. So then when's the reduction taking well, place? But this is the thing. She's in England. So she goes to the National Health. And the NHS is saying we're not paying for a breast reduction. She's desperate for a breast reduction operation after three previous operations have failed to relieve her pain. The NHS will not fund this operation to reduce her breasts. So she says, the weight of my boobs is constantly pulling down and it causes so much pain. I imagine that the surgery she's had is is on her back. She's an ex-fitness fanatic Uh who used to compete in triathlons. Spent the past four years in extreme pain following a host of spinal problems, including spinal degeneration disc disease, prolapse discs, spondinitis, and kyphosis in her neck, as well as lupus and fibromyalgia. You don't want that. 
She first noticed a problem in September of 2016 working at Aldi. Had a bunch of spinal operations. She has to get around on wheelchairs. Now, this is a picture of her when she was younger. Yeah. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, bosomy. But now in the wheelchair, I mean, this, this young lady, it's just awful. She now works as a customer sales advisor because she's she's in a wheelchair. She's wheelpair bound. She says the, the pressure from her breasts impacts her spine. And the spine is curved, which could be something she was born with. They're not sure. The pain is horrendous and she lives with it every day, she says. Makes you realize how much you need your back. Yeah, when you're in back yeah. pain, that's true. Uh, and then she got diagnosed with lupus, which is just another thing to add to the list here. But uh, gosh, that's just awful. 42L, and she's wheelchair bound because she can't walk because her boobs are crushing her spine. Oh, it's horrendous. Five. 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 Number five. There's a lot of controversy on this topic. And Darren, I think you'll have the final word. I think you can settle this once and for all because some are saying that the suggestion that is being made by this man is nothing short of blasphemy this is causing a big kerfuffle online uh, people debating back and forth some harsh words are being thrown mm-hmm. uh, on both sides and and what i'm talking about is a chef who says we're making our blt sandwiches the wrong way okay some are saying this is blasphemy what he's suggesting uh-huh but he is sharing his method for making the perfect blt sandwich and this has caused great controversy within the BLT community. Which I am part of. Now, you know that when I went to Macanda, Illinois, mm-hmm. for I was in the totality zone for the eclipse. Right. That was a couple years ago. Right. That was 2017. Yeah. All we brought with us were BLT sandwiches. Sounds delicious. We were there for four days. And all we had were bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. You could live on just bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. We certainly did. Yeah. I mean, you have. I have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any tips, any tricks? Well, let's see what he says here first. Because what he says, I, if I had to guess whether you'll agree with the chef or disagree, I'm going to guess that you'll agree. Okay. But this is causing such controversy. People are getting very angry at this. This is Chef David Chang. He is the founder of the Momopuku Noodle Bar in New York. And he says the way to make your BLT sandwich taste better, Mm -hmm. the most crucial letter is not the B, it's not the L, it's the T, Mm -hmm. the tomato. He says if you want your BLT to taste the best it can possibly taste, you don't want to spend a lot of time in the supermarket deliberating over tomatoes. That's what you're doing wrong. Looking for beautiful tomatoes, he says, is where people make the mistake. He says BLTs need to be made with crappy hothouse tomatoes instead of perfectly ripe summer ones. He says here, I adore summer tomato season, but I think BLTs taste better with crappy hothouse tomatoes than perfectly ripe summer ones. Less juicy, less acidity, and texturally better in relation to iceberg lettuce and crisp bacon. Darren, your thoughts? I could go either way. Um, kind of like Johnny Dangerously. 
Um, <laughs> well, or his mother. Or his mother. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Dangerously didn't go both ways, but his mom sure did. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I think a, a fantastic tomato on it is going to taste good, and, and just a, your run-of-the-mill tomato is probably going to be okay. Now, a hothouse tomato is just something that's grown in a greenhouse? In a greenhouse, yes. So, but that's what I would be doing. Obviously, I think if you, you don't have to have a great uh, piece of bread, mm-hmm. a really nice piece of bread, though, helps. Um, bacon, of course, tomato, your iceberg lettuce. And for my taste, um, salad dressing, Miracle Whip, not mayonnaise. Interesting. I want it to be a little bit sweet. And... I salt the tomato. There are some who suggest in-season garden beefsteak tomatoes are the best for a BLT. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. But people in the BLT community are saying that this idea of not getting a perfect tomato, getting something that is, you know, a, a summer tomato, and just going and getting something that's grown in a hothouse, in a greenhouse. Some people it's won't nothing do less, it. It's nothing short of blasphemy. They won't do it. A greenhouse tomato tastes different from one that you grow in your yard. And the reason for that is gene mutation. There's a a gene that's bred in tomatoes to give them a consistent color. They want to make sure that tomatoes that they grow in hothouses all look the same Mm -hmm. because that's more pleasing to the eye and you're more likely to buy it. But, you know, tomatoes, I imagine the tomatoes you and Angie Sharp grew in your your respective backyards this year, was there a, a variance in the color of red in the different tomatoes? Or were they all basically the same they shade? Were all, they were all the same if you left them to their own devices. The husky cherry tomato. Hmm. Still, still some turning red. Hmm. But a, a hothouse tomato does not taste the same. I don't have a green as a As a homegrown summer tomato. But this, this, again, this is a chef. And he says it's just for texture, for acidity. That's the way to go. Don't waste your time with fancy, now I need schmancy a, tomatoes. I need a BLT, don't I? Well, I think what you need to do is have an ABLT and a BBLT and maybe do some sort of blind taste test. You know me so well, because I, typic- <laughs> I typically have two sandwiches right. when it comes to the BLT. Right. I kind of get rolling. Mm-hmm. I get started, and I can't stop. See, I'm the same way with the PBJ. But my problem is I find one PBJ is never enough, but two is too many. That, what I want is one and three quarters PBJ. That's the way you were always were with donuts, too. Yeah, that's two it. And a, you needed more than two, but two, three was too many. Two donuts is not enough donuts. Three donuts, far too much donuts. Yes. Two and a quarter, right. two and a half. That's where I appreciate the contribution that donut holes make. Because you can get closer to that perfect donut ratio that you want. A munchkin, a donut hole. You're able to kind of, because of the smaller size, so, you're able to regulate that a little bit better than with an, a, an actual cake donut. So are you talking about two donuts and a donut hole? Or are you talking no, about like five or six no, donut holes? I'm saying like given my druthers, I would rather do donut holes than donuts because that way I'm able to get to the perfect level of donut satisfaction without overdoing it. If you have three donuts... You're sick. You're just going to lay down and, and sugar bubbles are going to come out of your mouth and you'll have excess for eyes. Do you have a donut hole bag? No. Hmm. Is that a thing? I, don't, I suppose it could be. 
A bag where I keep my donut holes? Yeah. No. Like, uh, I'm here for some donut holes. I brought my own bag. Well, I hope like, that's yeah. not a problem. Like a, like a Crown Royal bag that you, <laughs> that well, you no. keep your donut holes in. I don't want felt in my donut holes. That's probably true. Oh, these donut holes taste terrible. It tastes like they're rolled around on a carpet. I don't want this. Look at me. No, when I get donut holes, they generally give you a box My or a bag. donut hole bag. <laughs> well, the best are those, like, munchkins at Dunkin' Donuts where it comes in that big box. You're walking around with 60 of them donut holes. I don't know if I've had those. You've never had the big box of munchkins? No. Oh, I know what I'm getting you tomorrow. For my birthday? No, just for Friday, man. Oh. Why? For my birthday. <laughs> I've never had donuts on holes on my birthday. That would be. I real... thought they said they were going to ban my birthday what this real, year. What a real treat that would be. Is it, wait a minute. Is tomorrow my birthday? I thought there was talk my birthday was going to be banned no, this no, year. No, no, no. No one's banning anything. They're going to close the beaches on my birthday. I heard Boss Hog's going to shut down my donut holes. What? Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. We got uh, the NFL happening here week one, and if you want to be a part of our Cover 5 League, we've got the code that you need to join the league up on NachoRadio.com and DaveAndDarren.com. You should have gotten an invite if you played in previous years, but I, I'm hearing that maybe that didn't happen. I, I don't know what to tell you because... You I know, don't know why. I, I don't know how that works. Computer magic... Uh, go to Cover5.com, and uh, there should be an invite waiting for you if you've played in previous years. If not, uh, again, the, the code that you need, it's on our website. So definitely check that out, DaveAndDarren.com. Clearly, you know where that website is because, well, you downloaded this. Unless you're downloading this by subscribing to it. If you've done that, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for listening and downloading and, and all that you do. I don't know why. It was brought to you by... <laughs> The podcast brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Nature's Treatment of Illinois' goal is to fully understand their clients' needs physically, mentally, and emotionally because they know it's not easy to live with a chronic illness. Their experienced wellness consultants will sit down with you and discuss what options work best for you to make you feel more comfortable. Frequently asked questions are answered at the website, ntillinois.com. Until we get a chance to do another podcast for you, thanks for listening to this one. Hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh.